come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. I want to start off by saying it's an honor and a pleasure for you to be having me here on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start yes. that out. Yes, we are live. No, that's good. That's golden. Once again, it's the podcast from outer space with your boy Rob Scott. Adam Narlock's in the house. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. As always, Ryan Scott. Greetings, Earthlings. And our special guest today is none other than Mad Max, a.k.a. Total Bad Boy. Give him a follow on the IG at total underscore bad boy and you know the new one is daybender because he's a bit of a daybender he's out here in cali getting fucked up on the daily and tonight he's here hanging out with his fucking boys it's been a long couple weeks (laughs) (laughs) so finally uh episode 15 um stranger things season two breakdown and review this episode you know we're getting back to our roots uh, this is a continuation of the episode where it all began. If you haven't heard, go back, Peep Game, episode one. We covered Stranger Things. You know, we figure season two's been out long enough. We got Mad Max with us. And uh, we're going to, you know, get into it. Breakdown, review, uh, throw out some thoughts, some fan theories for the upcoming season three, which has been greenlit by Netflix. So, you know, getting right into it again, you know. We covered this in our last episode, writers and directors, Duffer Brothers, Ross and Matt, who, it is their uh, birthday today, February 15th, born back in 84. Shout out to the Duffer Bros. Yes, happy birthday to the Duffer Bros. Now, also, um, just want to add a little correction into our last episode. So, two episodes of season one and season two were directed by Sean Levy. I don't think we mentioned that in our last episode. This guy did Cheaper by the Dozen, Big Fat Liar, Night at the Museum. Classic. And uh, season two brought on even more directors with uh, two episodes by Andrew Stanton, who did A Bug's Life and Finding Nemo. <laughs> Great movies. And uh, one by Rebecca Thomas, which happened to be the worst one, the Eleven's Lost Sister. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we can't fault the director there. She was just working with what she had. And she's also set to direct the new live-action Little Mermaid, which I think has Lindsay Lohan in it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's a joke, right? I swear (laughs) to God, dude. I've been seeing it on her Instagram. No, I think, well, how do we feel about that, Lindsay Lohan, these days? I'm an avid fan. You've been an avid fan as long as I've known you. <laughs> She's like not still on a bender or anything, is she? I mean, it's... well, Max is, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I know that she was going through a rough patch. Lindsay, if you are trying to look to day bend, hit up our boy. Yeah, you know, at Total Bad Boy. <laughs> so uh, back to um, Stranger Things. So in December of 2017, uh, Netflix ordered a third season. Eight episodes. Uh, the Duffer Brothers has have confirmed in an article on sci-fi.com that they have already mapped out a four-season arc. And now, we talked about this last episode. This is obviously a rough outline that could change as the series premieres and is accepted or criticized by fans. And... Uh, perhaps it could go for more than four, but uh, the Duffers have said it likely will not go past five seasons. 
You know, I think Four Seasons is just about perfect. And then, you know, obviously they're probably going to go the movie route once they're done with the series. You think so? Why not, dude? Shit's taking off. I mean, yeah, you know anybody would go watch a Stranger Things movie. Monkey's out of the bottle. (laughs) You're right. I think even four seasons will be interesting as, you know, these actors, uh, their kids especially, are like, you know, they're right at that pivotal age, 11 to 13. So, you know, the second half of the series is going to be interesting how they mesh that with the story, right? They've been quoted as saying they like this aspect because, quote, it makes you evolve the show. It forces the show to evolve and change because the kids are changing, end quote. Well, what if the... Theoretically, they waited, you know, just drew out, drew it out as they grew up, and then they hold off for a couple of years, and then produce a movie. Because so it's all I, I, w- I was under the impression that they uh, were about to draw it out, like uh, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't explain what? myself very well right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By the bell, <laughs> such as when they grow up. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be good to keep it at four seasons because I think the point of the story is to focus on this specific age group. Like, we don't want to end up seeing Stranger Things at the prom, you know, or or do we? Maybe, maybe. I, I don't want to see Stranger Things all grown up or anything, you know. Oh, really? No, Safe by the Bell yeah. throwback episodes for me. Okay, so get this. So in a Hollywood Reporter article, they actually hinted at the idea that um, Netflix was hoping to shoot seasons three and four back-to-back in order to avoid them growing up. Um, And, you know, a lot of the show hinges on the main characters being so young. Like, that's why I feel like so many people were drawn to that first season, you know, Goonies vibes. But... uh, Apparently, the Duffers have since axed that idea. And now you're just saying you don't want to see that. I mean, Rugrats did it. Uh, yeah, but the original is way better than <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The original Saved by the Bell was also better. <laughs> did Saved by the Bell? I also like, agree on that. Did they do like a reunion movie? I, <laughs> I think, yeah. I think they did about three of them. Okay. Well, the more you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, like we were just saying before. Are you familiar with uh, Zach Morris? He's trash. So uh, <laughs> keep in mind that, you know, the Duffers, that use the audience reception to shape how the show is written. I mean, like, they didn't expect Barb to be such a big hit and gain that following that she did, which is why they ultimately wrote in the funeral in season two for her. You see about the uh, girl at Starbucks up in Vancouver? No, I did not. Oh, yeah, apparently the actress that plays Barb, and her name escapes me at the moment. Shannon Purser, I believe. I believe that sounds yes. right now that you say that. Well, she had a Tim Hortons? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and on her coffee cup, it said, Barb deserved better. But now, see, like, I I don't think Barb was all that meaningful. I don't think... Yeah, I mean, she There's, was just, it was like Yoda. She was just very well received. It's like Greedo, one of the best characters in Star Wars. <laughs> and, uh, Never shot. Yeah, so it's like, you know, they didn't plan for her to have that. Like, I feel, I think I was uh, watching one of the interviews with them, and they were saying that, uh, remember how they wrote in that, how the conspiracy guy was like basically on the cold case of Barb's disappearance? Like, they wrote all that in just based on her audience reception. <laughs> Like, they didn't have any of that planned out beforehand. Okay. Yeah, but, I mean, going off of that, um, 
it's just like if they had shot the show back to back, you know, they would lose that audience reception. They wouldn't be able to like gauge how well or poorly certain aspects were doing. Um, you know, something else that I found very interesting, which I did not realize, tell me if you guys realize this, is that the Duffers originally intended Stranger Things to be an anthology series. I did not realize that. Did you realize that, Adam? I don't even know what that means. So it's like uh, like Twilight Zone. Every episode, like it doesn't go off of uh, the same. Like you can uh, just okay. watch random episodes. Right, right. But they wanted to be like, I guess, American Horror Story where every season is just a completely different story. I think that could have been kind of badass. Like I'd like to see what other stories these guys produce. Because, I mean, season one... Think about it. You just wrap it up, you know, Eleven sacrifices herself for the monster. Nice little ending. I mean, yeah, you have unanswered questions, but that comes with any sci-fi. And so, you know, these duffers probably could have wrote some crazy shit for some other seasons. No, I agree. In another parallel universe, you're suggesting different characters, different location. I mean, not even a parallel universe could be the same. Like, oh, we were just talking about it earlier, which we'll get to later in the outline. Uh, Stephen King, his like all his books are connected, but they're all different in some way. So mm. could be similar to that. I mean, it's like how much more shit can these little kids handle, you know? Right, right. Like I said, eventually there's got to be a conclusion to yeah. that story. Just kind of makes you wonder what's beyond Stranger Things. Yeah, now uh, quickly, right before we get into the ratings... Um, basically, you know, the first season, this is what I feel like one of the big differences is in the first and second season is like, they don't really have the element of surprise. Cause I don't know about for you guys, but I know for season one, it was like, I just didn't read anything about it. Didn't know anything about it. Started watching it. It was like, yo, this is badass. Yep. So for season two, you know, we kind of knew what to expect. We were like, this is what we want to see. You build up things in your mind, you know? So the new ratings. So we've got, we pulled some ratings, average of 8.8 million views per episode. And that's only on TV sets. That's not including, you know, people that watch on their iPhones, their iPads. And um, opening episode averaged 15.8 million viewers. Uh, Now, according to the article, which was on IGN, uh, that I pulled this from for context, the highest rated cable show at this time, October 27th, averaged around 13 million views, and that was uh, World Series Game 3, Dodgers-Astros. So Stranger Things season opener beat the World Series by um, 2 million views, 2.8 million views. Um, Crazy for that one. Now, the views did taper off this season, though, with the finale averaging a little over 4 million views. I think that plays back into what we were talking about earlier. Like, how much more can we see of this particular group of kids? What What's left in their story? Yeah. You know, it's like kind of played like, out now. Yeah, it's like you can only play the upside down so much. Right. Oh, Demogorgon's coming. Oh, bigger monster. It's like what's bigger than this giant shadow mind flayer monster, you know? I mean, I feel like that's the boss. Right. Like in Star Fox. Right. You know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, they got to fight demodogs, demogorgons to get to it. But, you know, how many more seasons of this can we take? Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, what they had already said, why they planned the four-season arc. Well, clearly they got to have something crazier in the mix exactly. for the next season. Exactly. What are we thinking? I have no idea, man. Okay. Like, so, honestly? Maybe... 
the mind flare will be exposed. <laughs> Groundbreaking. <laughs> so, you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. Yeah. It will Maybe. be exposed. Expose him. Yeah. Now. All right. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. Now, let's pump the brakes on those fan theories a minute. I know that you're all wound up on those. So, we are going to get into everybody's favorite part. Long awaited. We haven't done this one in a while. Now, it is the breakdown of the show. Rock and roll! Yeah, so now we will get into the breakdown of Season 2, released on October 27th, 2017, set a year after the events of the previous season. Now, right off the bat, um, thoughts and opinions on Season 2? Yeah, I feel like we see a little bit bit more of the nostalgia I can relate to, like arcades, talking about early, yeah, 80s skateboards. Oh, that Vans collection by Mad Max? Right, right, right. What else you got? <laughs> He's not happy. What else? <laughs> <laughs> Will somebody get the kid a Happy Meal? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So uh, how long did it take you guys to watch season two? A couple of days. Maybe a day and a half. Okay. I think I got through every episode but the last one in a month, and then I waited <laughs> a month? like five months to see it. I just you recently wait, You watched. didn't want it to end. I just you wanted to keep it going, basically. Yeah, Dude, I binge watched it like as soon as it came out. No, I wanted to do that absolutely. Now, initial thoughts, you know, likes, dislikes. What do we What do we got? Anything that you just didn't like right off the bat? Anything that you really did like that they introduced? Honestly, the only thing I can think of that I didn't like was that episode that we talked about previously. Yeah, where she hangs out with her sister, and you know, even that wasn't that bad. It was still a pretty dope season. Yeah. And that, that, I think, seems to be the common theme. Like, a lot of people really didn't like that episode, so I feel like they are going to take that into consideration moving forward. I mean, I get it. They had to do it so that she, like, misses her friends and family and wants to go back, but then it's like, did you really need to take that long? Yeah, that's. I, figure, I don't even think they really needed it in there for her to miss her friends and family. It's like she's already, you know... With these kids throughout season run, they're going through some shit. It's not like, you know, they could have just had her separated in the cabin and then, like, find them. I don't think she's going to... I think they're trying to give you a better background from where she came from. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I get what they were doing with, like, trying to show you a glimpse into, like, the other uh, MK Ultra kids. But They They can't just have somebody be 11, you know? Well, yeah, I know, but I'm saying they probably could have done a better job at just having like some mind-bending lab where they have all these kids locked away doing ex- MK Ultra experiments. Like on X-Men? Them. Well, you know, it kind of did have an X-Men vibe that episode like that's the feel that I got from it's like oh, she finds this band of like mutants that are just like her, these like punk kids, you know, but then by the end of the episode it was like oh, she just had to go on this little like tantrum and like sow her wild oats if you will which i just i think you know the concept may have looked good in the writing room but in actual play not that great like communism this, we talk this about was that all the time. by the uh little mermaid director this episode that we're talking about yeah but i mean written by the duffer so 
she's just directing what she's given. It's not like it was her call <laughs> to do this episode. Why? Do you have a bone to pick with that? No, but now that I know that she did that episode, I kind of, I'm just like, all right, I get it. You're that, not going to watch The Little Mermaid? If she gets Lindsay Lohan, maybe. I'd like to see those seashells. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking <laughs> so about. Can we say that? She's over 18, so it's okay to say that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotta be. I gotta tread lightly. Um, Are you allowed soda? <laughs> so, you know, differences noticed in the second season as compared to the first. I mean, obviously, they had a way bigger budget uh, to work with, so this led to more, you know, CGI visual effects. You know, we got Dart, uh, the Tesla Hydra, all the Demo Dogs. You know, uh, I think I was what I was reading an interview or watching an interview with them rather. And they were talking about how the first season they, I think they had one CGI guy. Uh, with this one, they had like a whole room of CGI guys to work with. And, uh, you know, just like we were talking about in the first episode, they didn't really have much to work with in season one. And these budgetary confines led to a lot of, uh, you know, the show's main developments, and I think for the better. Um, you know, this forced them to get creative and ultimately made the show a hit. It's very similar to Star Wars. You know, we talked about this with Star Wars. He was like on a budget. He was behind budget, over budget, and it forced him to use what he had, get it done quick, and then Star Wars became this huge hit. And then when we get the prequels, all the CGI and stuff, everybody hated it. You think that that's the fate of Stranger Things? Next thing you know, they're going to be $4 billion richer and Disney's going to own it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, do you think that they overused CGI in this season? Did you notice any of that or what? I mean, I think they did a pretty good job of making the like demodogs pretty close to that first demogorgon that we see in season one. So I feel like can't even tell, man. Yeah. What about you, Adam? Overuse of CGI? Yes, no. That's funny. What are you snickering at? What's funny? Every time he says <laughs> CGI is funny to you? <laughs> so it's a comedy now. Stranger Things too. Every time Rob says demodogs, <laughs> I think of... Goddamn demodogs. I think of... Uh, <laughs> what? Spit it out, Junior. SpongeBob. <laughs> Where Sandy says, Dirty Dan. <laughs> and that's that funny. <laughs> Why? Damn funny, dude. <laughs> Unreal. This can't be on the air. <laughs> this is what I have to work with. <laughs> All right. So, so continuing. Yes, continuing. So, uh, you know, we talked about some of the odes in last season, the classic 80s. Um, this theme continues in season two with the biggest odes, I feel like, probably being to um, the Alien franchise, mm. Evil Dead, and oh. a bit of The Exorcist thrown in there. You know, they went a little more dark this season, I think. Way darker. Yeah. A little bit darker. Yeah, you know, like when uh, Will in that last scene, when they're trying to get the mind flare out of him and they're poking him with the fire poker, very reminiscent of The Exorcist. This is true. Now, a few more differences in this season. So we saw a lot of the characters split up in unusual duos. You know, we've got Eleven and Hopper off in the cabin. As, you know, he's basically trying to keep her safe. He serves as, like, a father figure. Mm. That was, like, a common theme in this one. I feel like there's a lot, of, 
a lot of father talk, father figures. Big in the 80s. Yeah. Now, Dustin and Steve are basically abandoned by their friends and end up teaming up and to figure out, you know, what the hell is going on. Uh, classic duo right there. Um, Will and Mike are together with, you know, Joyce and Bob trying to, you know, they figure out, hey, something's not right with Will. Also, Mike's parents really just don't give a fuck by this season. He's missing for like three days and they're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, mom's taking a bubble bath about to get banged by Billy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like the parents are just like totally absent. Um, Mike's parents, especially. Well, they got a teenage daughter running around doing God knows what with exactly. a bunch of different guys, and their their kids were on the verge of Little like getting hooker. kidnapped by this fucking evil lab. Yeah, uh, just a year ago. But I was just- <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Okay, so we also got the Nancy- mom's getting. Banged by Billy. <laughs> Go from there. We also got. Well, I said I was just gonna say the show would be a lot less exciting if Mike was fucking grounded the whole time. Well, that's true. <laughs> but uh, I'm saying at least on the search for him. I feel like the dad is like the dad from American Pie. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I feel like he's almost like my dad. <laughs> what? I feel like he's kind of like Jerry Ed, don't and care. Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Nancy and Jonathan, we've got them off with the conspiracy reporter guy. They're porking each other. Uh, now, do we feel bad for Steve? You know, I know he's made out to be a douche in season one, but he's totally a different character by yeah. season two. He's a good, good guy. He's a good guy now. Yeah. yeah. He's bullshit. <laughs> hey, I we're not questioning that. We're questioning if he's a good guy. And you know what? The, he, I think he was a dick last season. This season, Nancy's the one getting drunk. Just blowing him off for some other guy. Where's the shot class, Right, right. Thoughts. This is a theory that was presented to me when I was doing a review. Will he become the deputy to Hopper? (laughs) 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 I did read that one. It's like, so Steve is like unsure about his future because Nancy broke up Mm -hmm. with him and is now banging freaking Jonathan, the clash guy. And the his life's over. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, they obviously he was a likable character. They want to keep him on the show. So they want to like, people think he's going to be brought on as like a young detective. I saw pictures of young, the actor that plays Hopper. I guess he looked a lot like the guy that plays Steve. And, I mean, he's got the knowledge now. Two seasons under his belt of fighting these freaking demo dogs. Dirty Dan. Now, we've also got Lucas and Max. You know, Lucas is basically trying to get Max initiated into the crew, prove to her that all this weird shit is actually happening. And, you know, uh, for a majority of the season, these are kind of the duo's throughout the episodes until, you know, they all come together in the end, obviously. Can we, uh, I want to expand on this split thing. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> We're brothers, roughly the same age. Mm-hmm. I'm sure many of our listeners have brothers, close friends at all, if you will. Um, you guys ever have a girl split us up? Was there ever a time a girl would came between you and your buddy? Like a, a Mallory Keeley for robbing myself, if you will. <laughs> You're going to blast her name on the air like that? Can you edit that out? (laughs) (laughs) We'll call her MK Ultra. That's fine. MK Ultra. So old MK split you guys up? Well, I don't think she split us up, but like. Bit of the old ultraviolet. This guy would just spend more hours worrying about how to get this girl than skateboarding. 
Oh, okay. I just thought she was an attractive blonde. So it always starts with this guy. Beautiful. So it was basically him getting distracted. You were getting a little jealous, just like uh, Dustin. Just for the sake of the argument, I know who you guys are talking about, so just know that. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Detective Max on the case over here. You cracked that one, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> just dropping knowledge. Is Max going to be the new deputy? <laughs> Will be Hopper's new deputy? Okay. So, all right. Well, yeah. Here, we'll get into that with the new characters. So, I'll jump right, I'll jump right in there. So, Sadie Sink as Maxine uh, Mayfield, Mad Max. She's, you know, the tomboy who, who's, it's a love triangle with Lucas and Dustin. Hella good at video games. Killer Vans collection, like we talked about. Yes, Moving around yes. the skateboard. Now, what are our thoughts on Maxine? You're saying she divides up the group just like classic tale as old as time. Shout out Davis. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why they introduced her. But now, do you think uh, even like you were saying earlier, like causing problems with Eleven where she gets jealous? Well, see, and th- this is what interests me. <clears throat> I've been. You see a lot of articles, terrible things going on at schools these days. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get into it, but like terrible things. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about how these adults are like taking advantage of these young kids, which they are. But like, I, I don't know. Like when I was 10, 11, and I know you guys lived a very different lifestyle. When I was 10 or 11, like I wasn't thinking about like girls. I was thinking about skateboarding. I was thinking about playing sports. Like, you what know, what lifestyle were we living? Mr. Perfect Ten over here. <laughs> I was not. Hey, we had an older had neighbor, fun. you know. That's true. We that was, had access like 14, to that, bud. But see, so like, I'm, I mean, I mean, maybe by that age, that's when you start noticing. But then, like, if Max, like, does Max know what she's doing? Do you think? Do you think she's like not even interested? Like, yeah, I feel like at first she's she's not, but I mean, you can tell the it's there with um, Lucas by the end because they kiss at the snowball. Right. Now, what I'm thinking is, I think, do you think maybe they introduced her because, you know, hey, Eleven's badass chick, you know, tomboyish, such a well-received character. Maybe, hey, we introduce another chick like that. A little bit of empowerment. Yes. Well, explain. Like a strong, another strong another female strong, lead. Well, I mean, maybe, but. Uh, I feel like they just needed some filler in there while Eleven was. A new addition to the crew. Plus, they needed a way to relate Billy to the group, kind of. That's her older brother. Getting right on to that. So we got Decree Montgomery. Is that how you would say his first name? Decree? Daiquiri? Daiquiri. I'm pretty sure it's not Daiquiri. (laughs) (laughs) Daiquiri. We'll call him So he's Billy Hargrove, um, the violent stepbrother of Maxine and he yeah yeah you know he challenges Steve and he serves as a real life evil to these kids they have to face him and on top of the evil from the upside down and he also drives a bitchin Camaro uh, so what is what's our thoughts on Billy bitchin Camaro bitchin Camaro bitchin Camaro Just keep that in there. So, yeah. Yeah. Damn it. We don't have the rights to that song, so we'll keep Max's version in there. So, I said Kitchen Camaro. What's our thoughts on Billy? 
badass i'm thinking oh yeah dude. that opening scene man rocking me like a Canadian tuxedo mullet got the one earring this dude's fucking bad to the yep, bone yep yep you know he is actually based on rob lowe's character in saint elmo's fire i did not know that did you know that i, <laughs> I did, did not, not know that, that. I, yeah uh, another thing he was influenced heavy by stephen king the duffers said you know they wanted this aspect of um, you know, a real life evil. They wanted this like bully aspect. You know, King does this in a lot of his novels. I mean, think about the bully in it. Right, right. You know, um, they didn't really have that in the first season. I mean, I guess they did have those bullies, right? Those two bully kids that mm-hmm. Eleven hangs over the quarry, made him piss himself. <laughs> um, yeah. So overall, though, badass character. What do we think? Uh, we think we're gonna see more of him in three. You think he's gonna bang um, Nancy's mom? Miss Wheeler, you know, they had that little scene in there. Bubble, she gets out of the bubble bath. She sees boom, Billy, ripped to the T, shirt unbuttoned, leather jacket. He's fucking all suave, looking for his little sister. Hey, they just pulled out a Stranger Things prom dresses and wedding gowns, so I'm sure Stranger Things porno <laughs> was not already a thing, man. Oh, that's probably definitely already right. a thing. Yeah. So you know, next. uh New character, we've got uh, Sean Astin as Bob Newby, uh, former schoolmate of Joyce and Hopper. And in season two, he runs the Hawkins Radio Shack and Joyce's boyfriend. Now, is this the one where he also uh, takes steroids and wears mesh shirts? <laughs> no, this is not 51st It's a protein dates. shake. <laughs> so, yeah, what are our thoughts on uh, Bob? This was kind of like Dufford's ode to the Goonies, I feel like. You know, oh, he absolutely. has that line in there. What's that, the X? Buried Pirate Treasure? Reference to One-Eyed Willie. Is that like the Goonies' One-Eyed Willie? That's the fucking guy? Is that a dick joke? <laughs> Rob, where were you at on that one, man? Definitely a dick joke. Oh, so, every, yeah. every time I show this movie in class, the kids all look at me like, what? They know. They saw it coming. <laughs> One-Eyed Willie. Yeah, so I feel like that's you know the Duffer's ode to that classic 80s genre but did we like him as a character uh, i'm sad absolutely yeah spoilers, you were sad spoiler. to see him die oh yeah. we've already yes yeah, spoilers throughout this whole episode i feel like at first though it makes you like this guy's kind of an asshole and then you like start to like him oh he's dead yeah 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 no i agree <laughs> with you on yeah. that damn those goddamn Quick little arc. yeah all right, next guy we got, um, Paul Reiser as Sam Owens. He's basically the new Department of Energy guy, replaces Brenner as the director of Hawkins Lab. Um, you remember this guy? You know, uh, pretty much a 180 from Brenner's character as he's like a likable guy, you know? Like Brenner, right off the bat, we don't like him. Right. This guy is like, you know, you can kind of sympathize with him, which I think is like plays into that whole government conspiracy aspect. It's like, oh, this is just a nice guy. And then um, really he's like the evil mastermind. Right. What do we think about his character? I mean, just based off the fact that he works for a Department of Energy, I'm not trusting him. Can we talk about that? DTA. You know? Yeah, what? So like in that first episode when Will goes back to get tested and everything, um... When they, all right, so when Hopper gets back to the police station, that guy is all talking to him about aliens and stuff, and he just keeps saying, like, oh, the Russian. They keep mentioning Russians, Russians, Russians. I'm thinking DOE, Russian ties. It's been going on in this country for apparently decades now. 
Red Scare. It's yeah, real. Yeah, I mean, Cold War, Oats of the Cold War right. in there. Now, so this is like where they get the ode to aliens in there. I mean, obviously, you know, he was, he played in Aliens. And if you check out the scenes in the tunnels of like the Upside Down and then compare them to the scenes in Aliens, they are extremely similar. You know, he's watching them on a screen. They're basically going in there to get ambushed. And uh, many fans think that his character is directly influenced from Aliens. So it's like the whole we think he's good, but turns out to be like the mastermind behind all of it. Because in the end, you know, he gives Hopper the... Again, Hopper's talking with these guys in the end. And he gives him the birth certificate for Eleven. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's like a, a nice act. But then... Maybe he's working alongside Brenner that all could, along. That, that could be quickly turned around. Exactly. Now, uh, next guy we've got, uh, and last one, is uh, Brett Gilman as Murray Bauman. This is the uh, former journalist turned conspiracy theorist who uh, visits Hawkins to go after the cold case of the missing Barb. How do we feel about his character? Kind of a creep. Yeah. But he ends up being a pretty cool guy at the end of the day. You think he was creepy? I agree with Rob. Because he's basically, like, coaxing these high school kids into, like, hooking up on his couch. Right, giving them vodka. <laughs> and then he's, like, joking about it. Jeez, I mean, how's, yeah. How's the pool out? Can you imagine <laughs> that in this day and age? Yikes. Man, this guy's getting axed from his job. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he already did, and that's why he's a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, I think, I think it was cool. He kind of reminded me of, like, the Deep Throat character from X-Files. Mm. Like, he's the inside guy. He really knows what's going on when everyone he, else is, like, blind. I, so, you know, opening scene. Shout out Pittsburgh. We've got uh, the punk gang, Eleven's sister, which we don't know at the time, in a car chase with the cops pulling these crazy mind tricks like the fucking Scarecrow in Batman. And um, we also see tatted on her wrist, 008. And we don't, but, you know, we don't see any of the others throughout the season. So do you guys think season three will offer up other test subjects? Because we know old Brenner is still alive and well. They're hinted at it. I don't know. I mean, they could go that route, but I feel like the only reason that they used her for that was just for that one episode that no one likes. Yeah. So you think they'll take that feedback as like, eh, let's not play with this again? I mean, if they do bring it up again, I think it'll have to be brought up in a sense that they're in Hawkins and like trying to help out with something that they're already involved in, not like a breakaway from the core group mm. of friends. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Makes sense. I feel like there's got to be a confrontation with 001 at some point. The original. Badass. Now, I read one theory that was, so, obviously, 008, we think 1 through 11. Right. Read one theory. Why the two zeros? There could be up to hundreds of these little guys running around. This is very true. Probably not plausible, though. So, um... Yeah, just like uh, we were talking about earlier with the X-Men reference, like last episode we talked about the whole ode to like Jean Grey and uh, mind control, you know, that aspect. Um, yeah, this what this opening scene and even this episode where they go deeper into that kind of hinted at like, it gave me like an X-Men vibe. Like, oh, I'm finding my other 
mutant friends that are just like me. But then as Rob's saying, she realizes, no, these, these people aren't like me. They're going to kill these innocent people. Forgive and forget. Turn the other cheek. Friends don't break promises. Yep. Friends don't lie. <laughs> so uh, D&D references in this season. Obviously, we got the Mind Flayer. Now in... That's what I call Max. <laughs> who will flayer. be exposed. <laughs> yes. We will expose him for what he truly is. So the Mind Flayer. <laughs> Being bad at Buck. <laughs> Cut that. So... In D&D, the Mind Flayer basically looks like a humanoid alien with an octopus head. Uh, like the guy in, um, who's the guy in Pirates of the Caribbean? Yep, yep. What's his name? Is it Bootstrap Bill? Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> he's got the it's octopus beard. <laughs> Davy Jones? Yeah. He's got the octopus beard, dude. Who is that guy? It's Dirty Davy Dan. Jones. <laughs> My boy, Davy Dirty Jones. Dan. <laughs> All right, well, whatever. Dirty Dan, whoever he may be. Um, <laughs> it's Davy Jones, motherfucker. All right, Davy fucking Crockett. So, humanoid alien with an octopus head. Um, they sought to expand their domination over all other creatures, controlling their minds to use them as hopeless slaves and devouring their brains for sustenance. Now, individual mind flayers were rarely found alone. Rather, they were usually accompanied by two or more slaves mentally bound to them. And these could be a number of different species. So, as we know, Duffers classically base all their shit off of uh, D&D, their monsters. Do we think we're going to see some of these slaves of different species attached to, you know, this big shadow monster, which is obviously still alive. We might. Now, you know, mind flayers, they operated in colonies in a single hive mind uh, with control centralized by an elder brain, a singular entity that exerted its telepathic control simultaneously over any mind flayer within a radius of five miles. So this elder brain was basically like the heart of the community and it, it controlled everything. So like the degree of control and organization exerted by an elder brain over a mind flayer community was so absolute that it was more convenient to think of a mind flayer colony as just a single individual, the elder brain. Now check this picture out I pulled of one of these little mind flayer guys. Just like that slug will cough some. Mm. Ain't no sand slug, I tell you that. Yeah. And uh one of the other one of the other uh D and D characters, which is similar. A sand slug. <laughs> Another similar uh D and D character we see probably in this season, or this is at least what I'm thinking, and this is one theory that I heard. Let me let me uh, ask you guys if you think it sounds familiar, is the abolith. So aboliths breathe through a thick gray mucus-like substance which covered their body and which they exuded from four pulsating organs along their body as they moved. Sounds a lot like those spores in the tunnel. You know, they cough in Hopper's face, they cough in uh, Dustin's face. Mm, this is true. 
And, you know, they have the same abilities as a mind flayer. Could um, these uh, be ideas for future episodes? That's what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking, listen to this. Aboliths were all hermaphroditic, possessing both female and male reproductive organs. And when they bred, they did so in private, laying roughly three to nine eggs once every five years. Now, remember, remember those eggs in season one? Mm -hmm. We didn't get an answer to that in season two. Mm. So do we think these eggs could be some other entity or maybe eggs of the big shadow monster mind flayer, dude? Possibly. You know, the, uh, the, the Demogorgon, he reproduces through like tentacles in the mouth. Remember, we <laughs> saw that with Will. Yeah, Cute dick weird, joke. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, it's possible that this shadow monster is the one laying these eggs. And that that's why the Demogorgon was eating it. Well, maybe the shadow monster's not laying the eggs. Maybe these other things are laying the eggs and the shadow monster's just controlling it. So it'll be some other species that we haven't seen, maybe. Could be. Could very well be. Okay, yeah. That, that'll bring us right up to some different theories on seasons uh, three, or seasons two and three, I guess. So, like, first one we've got here, Hopper's Fam. So we still don't know a lot about Hopper's daughter. Uh, this is potentially a reveal for season three. Uh, one theory I saw is that um, her death was actually faked by Hawkins in order to use her as a test subject. So, you know, as we know, they faked Will's death in the first season and they abducted Eleven as a test subject from her mom. So that's totally possible. What do we think about that? I thought it was interesting if you go back to episode one when... Uh Will gets picked up from school by Winona Ryder, and they get to the DOE for him to get tested and checked out. He refers to Hopper as Pa, or father or dad, or something along those lines. He's infected. Hey, Pa. Not Will. <laughs> the doctors refer to Hopper as Will's oh, dad. Really? Yeah. Oh, I have to watch that. Yeah, that I did not realize me. that. Calls him, yeah. Intriguing. <laughs> so another theory we got is the upside down itself. You know, this is presented as a parallel universe, but another fan theory is that the upside down is actually showing us the future in a universe where the mind flayer has taken over. Everything is decaying and destroyed, almost like nuclear fallout or a Cold War outbreak, possibly. So as you step in the upside down, that's the future that they're seeing. I don't like that theory. I would tie a lot into our whole red scale. Well, Look, exactly. Look at the year of the car outside of the building, or I believe it was the school, right? And the scene where they switch over and 11 shows you like the upside down. What's the year of the, on the car? They're, uh, I believe that they're newer. Or, yeah, they were newer. So it is the future. Yes. So you're saying it's 100% the future. Yeah, it could possibly be. I mean, we have to go back to it, but I'm very positive that it is. Okay, so... We got two for not, one for yes. So one more is that um, Upside Down is sort of a no man's land between every parallel universe that exists or a crossroads across dimensions and timelines. So like these monsters like Mind Flayer, Demogorgon, Demodogs, these could be from different worlds, planets, or even dimensions. Maybe it's actually just created by the Department of Energy and they just really fucked fucked it up on this one and that's why they're trying so hard to control it first of all i don't know why they're called the department of energy if they're fucking with these people 
and like experimenting on them. What are you? What are you hiding? They went ahead and opened up Pandora's box, and now they can't get Pandora can't get back closed. in the box. Okay, so we'll get on to uh, last one I've got down. I don't know if Max has any more Mad Max. Um, Dustin and Hopper theory. So both Dustin and I Hopper. I actually have that one. Yeah, both Dustin and Hopper are sprayed with the spores in the upside down, just like we talked about the Abolith. Um, so, you know, uh, one theory suggests that they will become the next spies, so to speak, for the Mind Flayer, uh, just like Will in this past season. Uh, as we see the Mind Flayer in the closing scene, we know it has not been destroyed. Yes. <laughs> but uh I strongly believe that this is the foundation for an episodes in season three. And that's all I gotta say. Honestly. I mean So you think they are gonna use very, Yeah, opera. it's laid out like very okay. specifically for mm. that. Mm. So you heard it here first. So any other theories we got on uh season three, you know, what we're gonna see? What do we think is gonna happen? Lots of good things. Maybe bad, <laughs> but also good things. I can't do it, man. Why not? Why can't you do it? Probably good or bad things. All right, so... It's good and bad things, things dude. depending on who you are. All right, so here, here we go. One thing Either with this one. Act. One thing with this one. So you know the, like, purple... This is I just found and thought it was funny throwing this out at you guys. The purple pipe? No. <laughs> <laughs> they used the, they used the purple pipe for the upside down. No. Or, God or what was it? So you know the purple sweatshirt that Dustin's wearing, the dinosaur one? Yes. So that sweatshirt Major was actually that was actually found by the costume designer. Uh, like searching on the internet, it's like she recreated it from an actual sweatshirt that was made in the 80s for the Science Museum of Minnesota. And that museum still exists. And they like were, they use Stranger Things just like Egos with season one. They were like, yeah. hey, as seen on Stranger Things, like we're reprinting this shirt. And their site, like so many people went to it that it just crashed their site. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how big it was. And uh, yeah, I mean, I bet um, hella people are probably bootlegging them now. So, what do we know about season three? Um, You know, thus far, do we um, know anything at all? Yeah, set to be released likely in 2019 is what I hear. Good or bad things? Maybe a little bit of good. Maybe a little bit of bad. bad. Depending on who you are. A little bit of strange. So, yeah, they've been greenlit for eight episodes. Now, that's as many as season one, one less than season two. But, you know, let's just skip that sister punk gang bullshit. And, um, yeah, filming expected to begin in mid-April of this year, so a few months away. And also, Sean Levy has said that Will is not going to be the focus for season three. Uh, You know, they basically put him through enough. Uh, he's almost died twice. Um, so, you know, they want to have season three offer up some new threats and some new evils that we haven't seen yet. They just got to get back to focusing on 11. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, with uh, the birth certificate, you think we'll see her, like, go to school with the kids and try to be, like... I believe so. Yeah, ingrained into society. Yeah, maybe Hopper still taking over the dad role for her. yeah. Maybe him and uh, Call Joyce. Call Hopper Big Daddy. Him and Joyce. Maybe they get up. You think so? 
Would you guys like to see that? A lot of fans have been raving about that. Will living together? Yeah, it's called Jopper, they call it. Joyce and Hopper. (laughs) I think it's called doing the (laughs) hibbity-dibbity. Have Mike (laughs) sneaking over in the house? Yeah, so that'll do it on this one. Uh, You heard it here. You heard it first. All of our fan theories, uh, Max's brilliant theories on what we're going to see. One more time. Some good. Thank you guys for listening. Some bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay uh yeah anything uh we got closed on this one i know we got a few things rob you got anything uh we still got those stickers so get us on email podcast from outer space on ig you know however you want to do it we're gonna send some stickers your way like it or not thanks to our boy mad max aka max aaron aka at total bad boy on instagram hit him up ladies he's single and ready to mingle yeah, uh, just a few things I saw. So I got a lot of good feedback on our Mount Shasta episode. Very good episode. Yeah, we're definitely going to do more alien episodes. Uh, did you guys see the the skier case? This huh? just happened last week, Wednesday. The skier went missing in New York. Cool. Truck was still there. Friends couldn't find him. They were up skiing on a mountain. Appeared just this past... Uh, well, today, they just found him in Sacramento, California. Has no recollection of how he got there. Nothing. Sacramento, pretty close to Mount Shasta. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Speaking be of aliens. Mount Shasta, I did t- talk to my boy Chris. Shout out to Chris. He said, anytime we want to come up there, check it out. He lives about 30, 45 minutes away from it. Yeah, Down I to do it with us. So Okay. And then that's another, happen, boys. another article, which will lead me into our last thing, uh, you seen all these Mothman sightings in Chicago? I did read an article about that. Something Pretty about cray. like 55 sightings in, in just 2017 alone. Now, Is something going to happen? We don't know. So I think, tell me what you guys think about this. And listeners, feel free to chime uh, in, you know, slide into our DMs on this one or email us. Uh, Want to start doing like maybe a cryptozoology series, you know? Maybe we cover uh, B- Bigfoot. We've got some Jersey Devil stuff in the works. Loch Ness Monster. For those of you who cannot see it right now, Ryan has a uh, Bigfoot shirt on. Yes. Very stylish. And uh, maybe even, um, you know, Flatwoods Monsters, like st- stuff like that, you know? Maybe we dive deep into that, get a little weird with you guys. Let me know what you think. If, if it's something you'd like to hear, let us know. Adam, so long and thanks for all the fish.